you know, you came here today for a reason. And, and you know, you may say, hey, it's Christmas Eve. I, I, go to, I go to church at Christmas. And that's great. That's awesome. We're glad you're here. Uh, some of you probably, uh, may have come because, hey, I heard they're serving, you know, they have cookies and, and hot chocolate or whatever. Maybe you came here because you're out of town and someone uh, that you're visiting made you come here, okay? And, and, and I get that. But there's a reason why you're here today. And I hope that this simple little message, uh, uh, what we've got here today, will help inspire you uh, to, to move forward wherever you're at, to move forward in understanding of, of God, what he wants uh, for your life, his love for you, and ultimately why Jesus came for you and for me. Uh, we have been in a series at Lake Point Church here called Constructing Christmas. And it's all about constructing something. God has been constructing something from, uh, from creation. From creation to the cradle, God has had a plan. And just like you, you want to build something, uh, say you want to build a house, it, you have to have uh, certain steps in that process. You know, all, it all starts with a, a vision. If you were to build a house, you have this, this vision of what the house should look like, you know, where it should go, and, and, and why you want to put it there. And you, you have this vision. And, um, and, and so just like Christmas, God had a vision uh, for Christmas, even that creation. God, we, we see evidence of that. We, we talked to that. You can go online and listen to those services on our website. But just like building a house, God had a vision of what that was, and that was to redeem mankind for their sins and through his only son, Jesus. And then after vision, once you have a vision of, of your house, then you, then you have uh, sort of a, a, a blueprint uh, for that, okay? A blueprint of, of what that should look like. And that blueprint... Uh, is sort of a representation of the house. And I can't think of a, a, of a better thing to build at Christmas uh, than a gingerbread house. How many of y'all like gingerbread houses? Yeah, okay, good. I know it's kind of hard to build. So here's right here. This is a representation of a gingerbread house. So this is sort of, this is sort of the model of what it should look like, okay? Uh, we don't actually have a, a, a blueprint, but a blueprint is, is a representation of, of what you're trying to build. And so we look at this and we say, all right, so it should look something like this, right? <laughs> and if your house is anything like mine, it looks nothing like this. <laughs> but this right here is just a model, a representation of what that should look like. So just like this represents what we want to build, then um, God has a uh, God has a blueprint uh, for what um, he's trying to construct in our lives through, uh, through Christmas. And that blueprint was through the, uh, through the lives of, uh, of, of, of uh, the, the stories in the Old Testament. And we see evidence of that blueprint all throughout the Old Testament with a wide variety of characters. And so what we're going to do as I continue to, to walk through this, uh, we have a couple of uh, people that's gonna help us and, and I, I asked them, <clears throat> sort of made them to do this. I've got my two daughters, Madison and Marion. So they're gonna come up to the platform and uh, they're going to make a gingerbread house. So give them a hand as they come forward. That's good. Now, now these two things, these two, um, that foundation thing, these two ladies are basically the, 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 the best in our house when it comes to creativity. So uh, I'm asking them to do this. So uh, after a blueprint, God has a foundation. Now, we're going to use this as a foundation, 
okay? Uh, and it's good because you, you've, got the, you've got the grooves for the uh, gingerbread house, and you really need this because if you don't have the, this foundation, this gingerbread house is not gonna stand up. And um, so it's important to have a foundation, so I'm gonna give this foundation back to them, and they are going to start and working on that. So you can watch them or watch me, I don't care. Um, so we have, so just like building a house, you have a vision of what it should look like. You have a blueprint or a representation of what it's gonna look like and God showed that through the stories that lives of people. You have a foundation and the foundation of Christmas, as we have talked about the last few weeks, the foundation of Christmas uh, is through the prophets and the prophets actually spoke um, Christmas. I mean, you have the prophet Isaiah and a few other prophets uh, who shared, okay, it's, it's gonna be, uh, he's going to be born in Bethlehem and uh, of a version uh, uh, here from, uh, of in Bethlehem. And he is, um, he's going to rule and reign and the government will be on his shoulders and all this stuff. And we have the prophets sharing this stuff and it's a foundation uh, for Christmas. And just like when you build a house, it's when you, when you go from a blueprint to a foundation, you're telling everybody, all right, this is gonna happen and this is where it's gonna be. Because once you lay that foundation, you're like, okay, it, this is for real. And so God used the prophets to write down and to share with, uh, with mankind, with us. And we have a better view of that on this side of, of Jesus. We have a great view of the fact that God laid the foundation of Christmas through the words of the prophets. And so just like that foundation, um, we are using this foundation for this gingerbread house. Now, after a foundation, then you have a structure. And that's what they're doing right now. They're trying to do right now. Oh, you're good. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, so the house needs some sort of structure. And that's kind of important. Uh, because if you don't have a structure, then you have nothing to walk into. You have nothing to, to live in. Now, you could just have a foundation, and I guess you could put a tent up on that foundation, but it's really not livable. And so what you want to do is you want to build that framework, that structure of your house. And so God built this structure um, of the Christmas story, and he built the structure through uh, the actual live Christmas story as it played out through Mary. He provided uh, people. He provided Mary and Joseph. And if you were here yesterday, uh, Jackson Grant spoke about this, uh, such a great way of, of the structure of Christmas and uh, to where God provided the people, the right people for the job, Mary and Joseph. And he also provided the place. He provided the place uh, there in, uh, in Bethlehem and you say, well, how, could, how did you provide a place when it's just a stable? God wanted that stable because he wanted to tell people, look, I, I'm, I'm sending my son not in a palace, but I'm sending my son in an old, dirty stable, stinky stable, and to let you know that Jesus can relate to everyone. I don't think there's anyone here living in a stable. If you are, let us know. We're going to try to help you out with that. But, if, but I don't think there is anyone living in a stable, and so that means that Jesus could, uh, Jesus came to represent everyone here on earth. And so uh, he provided that structure, that Christmas story to live in. He also provided that structure uh, through the Roman government by providing the right timing, 
because, you know, Mary and Joseph, they were up in, in Nazareth in the northern part of Israel. They had to go all the way down to Bethlehem where, where, where um, Joseph was, his family was from with the house of David. But the only way they were going to come down there uh, to deliver a child is through the help of a Roman census. And so God used the Roman government to bring them down and uh, to provide that perfect timing. So God was, was all about this and this constructing of the Christmas story. So now here's where I want to tie it all in together. And this is so important. Why did God construct Christmas? Why did God construct Christmas? Why did God sort of build this house of Christmas, this Christmas house? The reason why God created Christmas is because you and I need to shine a light. We need to shine a light. You and I were created to shine a light, and that light is the light of Christ. God created Christmas to provide a light for this world and into uh, this world. You know, this world is full of, um, of, of great darkness. You, you think it's dark now. It was, it was dark back then. You know, for, for almost 400 years, there, there were no prophets uh, talking about uh, what God was speaking to them, to the Israelites. The, the uh, Roman uh, emperor came and, uh, and basically took over that, that uh, part of the world, and, and they were under oppression. And so there was lots of darkness in the world, and God sent a light at just the right time. Well, just like today, we're living in dark times. We're living in dark times, and you and I need to be a light. And so that's why we were created. In fact, we, we see a little bit of this in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So what Isaiah is talking about is the coming of Christ. On uh, the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So if we're talking about, if we're talking about darkness, what, what, what does that mean? Well, there are a couple of areas of darkness I want to talk about today. There's a two types of darkness. One of them is the darkness of misunderstanding. So imagine if you were to go into a house that you weren't really familiar with, and it was dark, and, um, and there were no lights inside, and you're trying to, trying to find the light switch. Maybe you've done this before. It's like, okay, where's this light switch? It's got to be here somewhere. And you're searching around, all around the, the room, and trying to find this light switch, trying to find some sort of way to, to, for light to come in so you can see, because you don't understand where the light switch is. Well, there are people living in darkness because they don't understand. They don't understand where the light should come from. They don't understand that the, the light comes from Christ. Now, there are people in the world that are trying to live some sort of light by doing good things. Because it kind of it makes, uh, makes them feel good. But you know, that light is just like lighting a match. It produces a little bit of light, but then it burns away quickly and it's gone. And it's superficial. And so people are yearning for a light that is real and a light that will not 
go out and a light that will stay and will remain and give them hope and give others hope. You know, there are people who are, who are helping others and serving others, and that's great and all. But if you don't have Christ inside you, then, then why would we even want to do those things um, to help people whenever Christ is not within us? And so there's lots of people who don't understand. There's a misunderstanding of darkness. They don't know where to find the light. And so if you're a believer here, if you have accepted Christ as Savior, then you have the answer. You have the light. You know where the light will come from. And that light is through Jesus. And so you and I, if you are a believer in Jesus, you have the ability, we, are, we have the ability to share the light of Jesus and tell others about hope in Christ. And so there are people who are walking around in darkness and they just have a misunderstanding of that darkness. So there's a darkness of misunderstanding and then there's also a darkness of rejection. There's a darkness of rejection that will come on uh, to people in this world. And if we look at uh, John chapter 1, verse 9 through 12, uh, we see a little bit of, of this as, uh, as we read here, verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which he was his own. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So what John is saying is this. Jesus was, was the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Even though he helped to create the world, his own, his own creation didn't recognize him. They rejected him. And so there are people living in the world who, even though they, they have heard the truth and they may even understand the truth, there are people in this world who they have said, all right, I'm going to reject this message. I'm going to reject this hope. I'm going to reject this message of salvation, this light. And so um, maybe, maybe you know someone in your life. Maybe you know someone in your life that you have, you have shared Christ with. You have, you have told people, look, I, I'm different because I have hope and I have, I have um, hope of eternity and I know where I'm going when I die because we're all gonna die, every single one of us. And because we're all gonna die, it's, it's nice to know where we're going to go. And so you may have told people, look, I, I know where I'm going, you can too. You can go to heaven, you can accept Christ as Savior for forgiveness of your sins, and maybe you have found people to reject that message. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you have shared, been shared that message as well, and you have, you have rejected that message of salvation. Maybe you've said time and time again, you know, you've sat in church, and you've heard the message over and over again, and, and yeah, you may understand it. You may understand it in your head. But you can miss, you can miss heaven by 18 inches. You can miss heaven by 18 inches. It's 18 inches from your head to your heart. You can miss heaven by knowing about Jesus, by knowing that he died, but not Jesus being your savior. It, there's a big difference between you knowing that Jesus is the savior, but when Jesus is your savior, when Jesus is my savior, 
That's the difference of 18 inches. When you accept him into your heart and when you don't reject the light of Christ that, that Christ longs to put inside you. Because remember, Christ was uh, brought on this earth to bring light and you and I were created to carry that light. Just like a house. A house is supposed to have lights inside. And just like that, you and I were made to have that light shine bright within our house. And so um, people, they may reject the offer to remove sins and, and they may reject to trust in Jesus to provide hope and healing. If they could just trust in Jesus and follow him, they would have true life. As it says in, in John chapter eight, verse 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said this. Now, these are, these are Jesus' words. These are red letters. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness that will have the light of life. Those who follow me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When you and I choose to accept Jesus and follow him and reject the things of this world and we follow him, we will not walk in darkness. So are you tired of their darkness? Are you tired of the darkness that's coming into your life or this darkness that continues maybe to surround you? Are you tired of living a life without the light of Jesus Christ inside you? You know, as children, it's easy to be afraid of the dark. It, and let's just kind of show a raise of hands. If you are honestly afraid of the dark, raise your hand. Kids, there's some adults. Yeah, okay, that's good. It's okay. You know, as, as children, we are afraid of the dark because we don't know what's there. And so as we live our life without the light of Christ, we don't know what's there. We don't know where we're going because there's no light on our path. There's no way for God to shine his light on us where we're going if that light is not in us. And the only way we're gonna have the light of Christ is to invite him into the inside of our life and to say, Jesus, let your light shine within us. Let your light shine within me. You know, you might be afraid of the dark, but can I tell you something? Jesus is not afraid of the dark. God is not afraid of the dark. Into the darkness, God sent hope through a message of the angel Gabriel. Through the darkness, God sent a star to shine bright in the sky to, to guide wise men, magi, to the place of Christ's birth. Through the darkness, God showed Mary and Joseph where to go, where to go in the stable. Through the darkness, Jesus walked to the cross on that dark day of Calvary as storms were, were coming around him. On that Good Friday to be crucified, he walked into that darkness. 
Into the darkness, Jesus was laid into the tomb. That empty tomb and closed up, sealed up, surrounded by darkness. Jesus has proved that he is not afraid of the dark. Jesus proved that he is not afraid of the dark. So you might be saying, you know, Frank, I have a lot of darkness in my life. I have a lot of darkness in my life. Can Jesus, can Jesus really do something about that? Can Jesus do something about the darkness? Yes, he can. And he's not afraid of it. He's not afraid of the things you might be trying to hide from him. Because you know what? He has seen it all. He has seen it all. And he wants to shine his light upon you. So what I'm going to ask to do, I'm going to ask the guys in the back, if they would take, take all the lights and I want them to bring it down. I'm going to ask Madison to come up and I want her to light this candle. And as these lights come down, both the stage and everywhere, as this light is being lit, understand this. Understand this. This light that shines in this gingerbread house is just a representation of the light that needs to shine through us. Just like this gingerbread house was built around this candle, you were created around an, a, a, an idea that there will be a light. You and I were created for there to, there's a place inside you for the light of Jesus Christ. And just like that light goes through the door, just like the light goes through the door and shines through that doorway of that house, Jesus says this in Revelation 3, 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So what are you waiting for? Jesus stands at the door and he knocks and he longs to come in and bring his light to you tonight. You know, we give a lot of gifts at Christmas, but the get, best gift I know that you can give is to give Jesus your heart. Give Jesus your heart and surrender your all to him. Allow him to come through the front door of your heart and let his light shine through your life. And allow Jesus to be your savior, not the savior. He's gotta be more than the savior. He's gotta be your savior and Lord.